You're listening to Data Plus Love. I'm here today with Judith Becker of Star Schema Limited in Hungary. You might know her as a Tableau featured author, or you might have seen her amazing work, which has earned her two visits of the day. But I'm just excited to talk to her because I'm a huge fan of her work. Judith, how are you today? Everything is fine. It's already beer o'clock in Hungary. How about you? It is almost beer o'clock. I'm just off of work, so I'm I'm ready for that. But I wanted to make sure I was in peak performance uh, for this conversation with you today. So uh, we're recording at like three forty-five my time, and it's almost eleven o'clock at night for you. And you're you're still looking way more chipper than I am. Um. Yeah. Um. I just can't be shocked out of this chill mood, and I had a really great day, um, despite of the weather, which was not really nice today. So I couldn't go for a ride. But uh, everything else was fine. I feel a little bit awkward because uh, I usually listen to podcasts and not participating in them, but uh, I ease up in a minute. So everything is fine. It's easier if you don't think of it as a podcast because I thought it as a podcast, I would just be thinking like, man, I don't sound like Joe Rogan or Adam Carolla or, you know, this doesn't sound interesting. But um, just like if we were talking, you know, we w- we'll find our way to something interesting or we'll get so bored that we'll stop talking to each other. So we'll work <laughs> this out. Yeah, sure. So um, how is COVID-19 treating you? I mean, I have a glimmer because your work has been highly reflective of your sort of lock-in experience right now. And I don't know if that is uh, through inspiration or, or what, but you've done, you know, my fallen kingdom about what, where you're spending time in your apartment. Um, you've done your Netflix binges. You've done Tiger King. Like, how's it treating you? Um, honestly, I, I know it's a pretty tough time for everyone and I'm set for all the things that happened. But uh, on my end, I'm just living the time of my life. I mean, I, I never knew I I could cook. I have so many uh, ideas, new inspirations. I work out every day. I haven't worked out this much uh, in the first 30 years of my life. I go for rides every day. I read a lot. I I have time for everything because um, previously I was uh, commuting one and a half, two hours every day to the office. Uh, I was not in the office every day, but um, like four days a week. Um, so I'm saving a lot of time and, um, and I have these ideas coming that are not coming when I'm surrounded with people and I have to have coffee with everyone, which I do like, but, uh, but I think for the time being, it has been a treat for me. That's awesome. I mean, you can tell you're feeling inspired and your work is always beautiful. I mean, that's, that's all I can say about it. You have a real artist's flair. Um, but yeah, it's, um, you're finding more inspiration and I guess solitude and time to reflect on stuff rather than the constant interactions with people. Do you consider yourself an introvert or uh, an extrovert or what are you? An and I'm a total, total introvert. I, I, I just feel like, uh, I'm the best being alone. Uh, but I do have a lot of friends. Um, no, not a lot. I have few friends, but, uh, <laughs> but they are, they are the best. Uh, so I'm an introvert, yeah, and I'm better at writing than talking, but uh, but I, I I like talking too. <laughs> I mean, my friend, um, my friend David Kelly calls me an ambivert, which is like where you're a little bit of each. I consider myself an introvert. Um, he thinks I'm an ambivert because I can really sort of turn it on when I'm around people and be really social. And obviously, I'm doing this, which is sort of 
you know, reaching out to people. But I mean, I'm an introvert that had today has been the first day in two months that I've been able to work at home without my children. Like my parents moved into town and they took the kids today. Ah. It has been uh, so, so good. Like don't kids, if you ever hear this, daddy loves you, but I am so glad you're not here right now. Like it has been great just being able to focus and be quiet and not uh, yell at people to stop playing with the Roomba. Yeah, I get it. And I think I'm very similar. Uh, the only thing is that I have um, two types of people um, for it, for the one bucket. Uh, I have an, an instant connection and I can open to, and uh, these are not the majority. And um uh, for the rest, I have severe social anxiety. Like, uh, I just can't stand. I just can't stay put uh, while talking. So it's a, it's a really bad mixture, I guess. So you seem like a bit of a pop culture junkie. And that might just be me looking at your work, or it might be me laying that onto you because I'm a pop culture junkie. But like seeing your work, you're hitting so many things that I'm interested in. Like you did a Westworld viz, which I still need to binge season three of. You hit Tiger King, which pretty much everyone has watched at this point. Like, um, what are you interested in that sort of drives your stuff? Are you are you finding a topic and then choosing a viz, or do you come up with an idea for a viz and then choose a topic that suits it? Uh, it depends. Uh, I have um, basically three categories of visits I I like to I like to do. The first is uh, visualizing myself, and that's what I like the most. I just collect all the data uh, that is possible from myself. For example, right now uh, for 2020, uh, last at the end of last year, I I did a visualization about the books I've read uh, in the past ten years and. Uh, for this year, I'm uh, monitoring all the things I've watched and I'm building a database and I'm already over 300 uh, hours of content, which is uh, a little bit scary, to be honest. Um, I really like to visualize uh, films and series and uh, social stuff. So these are the three topics. And uh, the way I work, I think it depends. So, for example, for that Fallen Kingdom Wiz, I was just sitting around here. I'm sitting uh, right now. And I was like, mm, why not to draw the, the layout of the apartment and just uh, draw a heat, ma- heat map over it and uh, just tell people what I do where uh, in the apartment because uh, uh, we were uh, laughing a lot about spending uh, half the day in bed because that's where I work, that's where I read, that's where I eat, that's where I do everything. Um, so the idea came first and then, uh, I was just started doing this, uh, but for, uh, the money spending idea, um, I had the feeling that, uh, I was spending a lot less, uh, in, uh, April than I was spending in February. Uh, and, uh, this way I had the topic and, uh, uh, then started to, or for the one I did today. I was just scrolling through on my phone and saw this uh, guitar uh, poster uh, on Pinterest. And I was like, I'm just going to, I'm so going to do it. And I want to find a topic for it uh, to, to be the strings uh, uh, of the guitar uh, as a bar chart. And I was like, hey, let's do uh, the number of visitors uh, at Siget Festival in the past, I don't know how many years. Um, so it came into being like this, but um, it depends. So... I know you're passionate about fonts and I'm sort of passionate about colors. I noticed looking at your portfolio, 
I could almost pick out one of your vizs because of like purple. Like you are really into purple. Is purple your favorite color or is it something you just found works really pops against black background? On uh, no, my favorite color is black. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but um, this is a this is something new. I I just uh, fell in love with this purple. I I don't know where I found it. Uh, but I, I know the hex code by heart <laughs> and, and I use it uh, everywhere I can, but, uh, I think um, it's just something seasonal. There are some things I, uh, fall in love with and then fall out of love. Um, so I don't know if it's here to stay, but, uh, but I love it now. That's really cool. So you've been speaking a bit, it seems lately, you've done some different uh, web sessions and stuff like that. And I know you've put together a blog post talking about fonts. I know you lean particularly on Futura, but you, you're very thoughtful in your, some of your analysis. Is this stuff you've picked up at work or where has your sort of your passion for choosing correct or representative fonts come from? Um, I would say it's a hobby. Um, some people think that uh, I do cool stuff at work. Uh, and it's not, I do the exact same boring dashboards uh, as everyone does. So uh, <laughs> it's the way it is. Uh, it's just something uh, I care for personally. Uh, and um, I'm watching a lot of stuff uh, that that can be related to design uh, just for inspiration and just to think outside the box. And this Futura things... Um, I think it uh, it originates from from a TED talk I was watching about uh, how important this font was uh, at the Apollo Eleven mission hmm. because that that was the font they used because it's modern and uh, easy to read and stuff uh, and I was like uh, shocked and the TED talk was so good that uh, even if I didn't like this font I think I should have tried it so yeah. That is way more thought than I've ever put into fonts, but it's something I really appreciate because I know that really well-used fonts can definitely enhance a visualization and poorly chosen fonts can definitely detract. How many times have you seen like a almost comical font that totally undercut the point of a visualization? I mean, at the end of the day, we're just talking about pictures on a page and the words are part of the picture. And if they don't suit the picture correctly, they're going to detract from it, but if they suited really well, they're going to enhance it and you know draw the reader in. So I definitely uh, really appreciated you putting that together because it's not something I've really seen in sort of the data visualization community, people emphasizing as much, especially since Tableau is kind of limited in its native fonts. Like I did a visualization that ended up being something I published. I made it for me because I would choose a font I thought was cool. I'd publish it and then it ends up looking the same every time. Yeah. And uh, consider yourself uh, lucky because here in Hungary, we have special characters that uh, are not in default font sets. So when you don't have the letter uh, in the font set, it replaces it with a rectangle or, or a, a completely different uh, font. And people are just not noticing it and they still publish things uh, with, uh, with those ugly characters. And I just don't know why. And it's giving me tweaks. <laughs> um, so have you have been really prolific lately? Like you're just cranking stuff out. I can only assume that that comes from all the extra hours in the day you're finding from not commuting 
and not having coffees with people. Are there any visas you've worked on that just failed to launch? Uh, yeah, there are tons of visas that um, um, that are under my bar, and and I did uh, some of them, for example, because of fonts. I I didn't know that uh, website fonts existed, and there were visas I built around fonts and. I was shocked when I saw that people are not seeing what I see on their monitor. And um, there are visas I put a lot of effort into. I'm probably working on something like this right now as well. And uh, I just don't feel satisfied with the outcome. And there are visas I work uh, on an hour or one and a half hours. And I think they are uh, in my top five. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of things that, that don't make it. I, I totally get that. I have one that I ended up publishing anyway, even though it was a fail, just to show people that, you know, Hey, this is a fail is a work in progress. It's okay to sometimes put that kind of stuff out there, you know, just because I thought it was an interesting story, but I couldn't sort of, I, I got off track and I couldn't bring myself back on course. And eventually I lost interest. Um, do you have like a dream data set? I know my friend, uh, you know, Vince Bommel once like the master jeopardy question data set like all the questions asked on jeopardy um do you have a data set that you would really like i mean i i'll give you time i'll buy you time i really wanted the john wick kill count and uh lots of professional outlets were producing visualizations but none of them were releasing their data sets uh which was very frustrating so i binged all three movies pausing, rewinding, trying to record every on-screen person that John Wick shot, which really sucks the fun out of the movie after a while. But, you know, it's I did that for three movies. Um, but it exists now, and I, I got a visit of the day off of the first one, which felt really gratifying for watching all those movies. But um, <laughs> is it- Yeah, I liked it a lot, and uh, I, I, I really like your topics. I think uh, they are out of this world. Well, it's I'm doing the stuff I... I'm interested in. And that's a transition I sort of made. I early on in my public stuff, I was just doing a lot of makeover Mondays and stuff, which is a super valuable exercise. But you know, if you're not always feeling the topic, sometimes you kind of phone in the outcome. Um, If you're really passionate about what it is, you're going to create a product that you're more deeply invested in. Um, So by choosing topics, I was more interested in like the baby name set and the video games (laughs) and John Wick and you know, stuff that I found quirky and fun, I was able to create quirky and fun visas that sometimes hit, sometimes miss, but they're always something that I enjoyed doing. And hopefully the joy comes across in the final product. And I think that's something with a lot of your work, it's very playful and you can tell that you're working on stuff that you're interested in and not yeah, creating that's something. Yeah, 100% true. Um, I think if I give a uh, second thought, um, I have a lot of dream data sets to work on and I'm pretty sure that most of them would be centered around films and series. But uh, I do have one that we wanted to do but failed doing it. And uh, it was about uh, the success rate of uh, stormtrooper shootings uh, in Star Wars and uh, how much the, uh, the picture lags behind the sound uh, but we started tracking it, but then we were like, this is not got, it, it's not happening, but uh, that would be a dream project to me. That's, that would be a very hard topic. And I know this from John Wick because so many times you see someone firing and then you see someone receiving and you don't know 
whose blaster bolt is coming at them. Also, it seems like Stormtrooper armor enhances blaster fire. Like, being shot anywhere kills you. It doesn't seem to matter. (laughs) But, yeah, um, having gone through John Wick 3 and tried to watch John in the background shooting people, I'm telling you that that might be, like, if someone on Fiverr will do that for you, like, if you can outsource that exercise to record the data, that might be worth it. But doing it yourself might be an exercise in insanity. Uh, yeah, I get that. And um, I think it would be a big database because uh, we have this um, pun. We uh, tell our friends um, in our circle that, hey, I miss you like a stormtrooper misses everything. So, uh, yeah, I think it would be an infinite data set. And what I'm working on right now, it feels like the same because um, I had this idea to to do a visualization about, um, it's like a who bore it better stuff uh, with books and films. And uh, I selected 19th century British novels, I mean the biggest ones, uh, and their adopt and their adoptions uh, on big screen and series. And while I was doing uh, the data collection, I realized that Pride and Prejudice has uh, like 30 adaptations. And uh, I stopped at Frankenstein. Yeah, I think it's pronounced like that, which has like 100. And I'm not even at Sherlock Holmes. Uh, and I just don't dare uh, having a look. So yeah, there are some cases where uh, the idea is there. I think it would be nice, but I don't know if it's worth the effort. That might be tricky because with those public domain characters, they are a really fertile ground for people to make films off of because they're a known quantity, which already gets you more people in the box office than if it's something people don't know. And you're not having to pay anything for it. Like if you want to do Iron Man, Disney's not giving you Iron Man. Or if you want to license something from someone else, that's going to cost you a pretty penny. But everyone on earth knows who Sherlock Holmes is. And if you can get Robert Downey Jr. to be in your Sherlock Holmes movie, then you've got, you know, two things selling that movie for you. I'm a, I have a book right here that I think you'd be interested in. It's called Star Wars Super Graphic by Tim Long. And it is a book of data visualizations based on stuff in Star Wars, like how many really? people had their arms cut off. Um, I haven't yeah. even heard about that. I also have... The original Super Graphic, which is his uh, analysis of various comic book topics. So it's two fascinating pop culture books I think you would be super into, based on what I know your interests to be. I'm 100% sure. What is your favorite comic, by the way? Well, that's a really great question. Um, if it's something that I could go back and read over and over, um, Tom King and Mitch Garrods wrote the other year, Mr. Miracle, which is a 12-issue limited series. It's an established character uh, franchise, but it, you don't have to know anything else about it. Mr. Miracle essentially is one of the new gods set of characters. There's a film coming out at some point that will be terrible. Um, but he is the son of one of two major gods. There are two planets at war. And the two um, leaders make a truce where they'll trade their sons in exchange for peace. So Scott Free, Mr. Miracle, the main character, is raised in a cruel manner in the torture pits of this other planet. Whereas the uh, the son of the evil man is raised uh, by High Father, the benevolent guy, and becomes heroic. They both end up becoming heroic, but Scott obviously has this tortured past. And Mr. Miracle is a story about him and his wife uh, in Los Angeles, where he's a professional escape artist, and he attempts suicide at the beginning. So it's the guy that could escape everything, escapes death, 
And then it's the fallout of that across his personal life and his professional life. So it's a, it's a very real world story in the sense that everyone has familial obligations, everyone has family, everyone has love, um, but everyone you know also has their work life, which in his case has lots of familial obligations involving God Wars. Yeah, it sounds pretty great. Uh, and I already jotted it down. And um, why it sounds great is that it differs from everything uh, we've been shown in the past years. I mean, the Marvel and DC universe. Uh, though I think uh, there was one series that uh, made my jaw drop last year, and it was Watchmen. I don't know if you've watched it, but it's like... I haven't, but I am... I am a huge fan of the original graphic novel, which I've read probably a dozen times, um, and it just keeps on giving. And uh, the film was not bad, but yeah, I'm interested in watching the HBO series. I haven't watched it. From what I understand, they're probably not going to bring it back. Um, but yeah, I understand it's a sort of sequel and also almost revisionist history to the original. Uh, yeah, so it's a continuation of that, but it's totally different. Uh And it's just really worth watching. I didn't like the film, uh, but but this is really exceptional. I mean, the film is a feat in that Watchmen is always considered an unadaptable piece of work. Um, for those of you that don't know it, which I'm assuming is everyone, Watchmen was one of Time Magazine's top 100 works of fiction of the 20th century. Um, and obviously the only sort of graphic novel to make that list. It is sort of, um, it is a thoughtful crime piece on the escalations of the Cold War. And one of the main visualizations of it is a blood drop on a yellow smiley face, which is actually the nuclear countdown clock to zero as escalations increase between uh, the US and the USSR. So it's a really fascinating book in that there's like a meta story going on at the same time there's the main crime uh, story happening. And I'm totally uh, nerding out on unit, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to watching that. And We're, this is going to be a real test of the listeners to see who hangs on through all of this. <laughs> Luigi's going to be listening. This is for you, Luigi. So um, what uh, is next up on your binge list? It seems like you've been watching everything on Earth right now. Uh, I'm asking because I'm cheating to see what you're going to visualize. Um, I'm As closely as your visualizations have been mimicking your life, from your new interest in cooking and your cookbook visualization, to where your money didn't go, to Westworld, uh, it's... That's it's like reading your diary right now. So what what am I going to be seeing next? Yeah, so you'd be surprised which series I haven't watched so far uh, because um, just to mention one thing on my list of crimes, I haven't watched Breaking Bad so far. Uh, But you did a visualization on it. <laughs> uh, on Breaking Bad? Yeah, it's uh, it's down there on your list, isn't it? You have one with uh, Walter White's face. Ah, it's the IMDb yeah. ratings for top 15 series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I, um, I started watching it, but um, I was so faint-hearted at the time that at the end of uh, the first or the second series, there was a head blown up uh, on, on a turtle. I, and I was like, oh, it's not for me. Uh, so I just... Um, Decided not to go on with that, but uh, I will start over again. Uh, but right now I'm watching uh, the upload, uh, which is uh, pretty fantastic. It's a, it's a comic series about um, the future. So when you die, you can upload yourself into a system and uh, live forever, basically, if you have the money. 
because mm. everything is money. And the other thing I'm watching right now is Tales from the Loop, which is a pretty slow science fiction, but uh, at the same time, it's it's just really intense. It's like uh, Black Mirror and Twilight Zone combined, as I heard. So it's pretty exciting. Uh, these are the two I'm watching. And... Um, the biggest uh, discovery of my life this year is uh, Succession. And I just can't wait for the third series. I might watch the first two again. Uh, so this is my biggest uh, thing right now. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to do a, a this on Succession sometime. I just, uh, maybe I will count the uh, swearing, the, the number of uh, bad words. Uh. Ah. <laughs> I've seen this for for Tarantino movies and it's been nuts. So that might be interesting. I mean, an interesting angle on a topic is always fun. I've um, I was this past week thinking about um, there's the show The Expanse, which is based on a science fiction novel series, which I've I've read like probably six of. Them. And uh, the show is amazing, and people have said it's the best science fiction show since Battlestar Galactica, which. The early 2000s Battlestar Galactica was a phenomenal science fiction show. I love it. It's great. You don't even have to like sci-fi. It's like a military drama. Um, so I decided to look at the IMDb ratings across the shows per episode and see, you know, oh, is it really the best thing since Battlestar? And it turns out it's actually more widely liked than Battlestar. Um, so I've, I've been looking for a way to sort of express that and view that. But it's that's definitely a viz for me because like there's there's... <laughs> There's not that many people super interested in this, but, you know, um, personal projects when you're uh, applying the right amount of passion can be good. I mean, I did a Green Lantern visualization. I can't talk. Green Lantern? Really? Yeah. I haven't seen that, but I'm going to check it out. Um, Green Lantern. I'm, I'm, I think it's DC, right? Yeah. So Green Lantern is interesting because it originally started off as like a 1940s pulp character with a very limited scope. And in the sixties, they expanded it dramatically and came up with the idea. What if there was like this sort of galactic police force kind of thing. And that was fun for a while. And then everyone didn't care anymore. It's a, it was a BC list character at most. And then in the two uh, thousands, uh, Jeff Johns, who became DC comics creative director, ultimately off of his success with green lantern was like, well, there's a green lantern and there's a guy with a yellow ring why isn't there a red ring and a blue ring and a this ring? So each of the rings sort of already represented something. So the green lantern represented personal willpower and courage and the yellow ring represented fear and they were counterparts. So he developed the entire color spectrum and all of them have sort of, you know, benefits and weaknesses against each other and sort of built this story over time about why there are different colors, what that leads to and, you know, fulfilled a lot of stuff that no one ever knew existed and made something that was kind of a generic cute fun sci-fi idea a much bigger concept that really drew in readers and sales yeah you know how they say that um, aquaman is the uh, most uncool character in the universe which i think it's true but um i play uh, injustice uh, in on, on xbox when the guy's coming over and uh, aquaman is pretty cool there it, it spears has- you with a trident really yeah i mean i think in that game he can spear you with a trident and i'm pretty sure there's a move where he makes a shark come and bite you okay i'm um 90 of the time i'm i'm either uh wonder woman or poison ivy but when i have to choose a male character i'm 100 team aquaman don't pick batman batman's not great you would think batman would be the best at everything but he's not yeah no 100 sure you're right 
Yeah. So that's that's our injustice talk for today. Don't be Batman. It's disappointing. You're not Batman. Yeah, but some men just want to watch the world burn. So if you want to watch the world burn, then be Batman. Be Batman and watch The Dark Knight. Maybe stop <laughs> before Dark Knight Rises. I don't know. You know. Unless you want to watch the world burn, then watch Dark Knight Rises. That's fine, too. So um, do you have a favorite film franchise that you have wanted to work on or visualize? Hmm. That's interesting because I have uh, favorite films. Hmm. And I was not prepared for this question, but if I if I were to choose something, it would be the um, Linklater trilogy, the Before Midnight, uh, what's the After Midnight? You, you know the series, I don't know the English title of those, but um, it's pretty famous with Ethan Hawke and um, uh, actress called, let me just Google it, because... Uh, we're both furiously Googling right now. Sorry? I said we're both furiously Googling right now. Yeah, I, uh, I'm about to be there. I'm not even close. Uh, he's one of my favorite directors. And um, of course, it is in Hungarian. So Julie Delpy, she's the uh, main character. Um, uh, just link later films. Okay, it's going to be there. So it's called Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and... Before Midnight uh, in English. Yeah, I think I would go with that. But um, the other thing, and uh, I don't know if it can be said, but uh, whatever, I'm an honest person. Uh, my One of my favorite directors is uh, Woody Allen, and I know uh, he's into that uh, Me Too stuff, and uh, he's not very popular right now, but still, I like his films, and uh, I'm going to do a visualization about Woody Allen, and I already have it laid out, uh, the concept. Um, so, yeah, Linklater and Woody Allen, my choices. When it well, that sounds fun. You have a really indie, uh, indie spirit vibe uh, with your choices. I do. Uh, when it comes to films, uh, I I choose indie films. For example, if I if I would have to choose one film and one film only, it would be Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about it, but uh, yes. if if I will ever have children, I want all of them to be like Olive, to have that confidence in life, because I think that's amazing. Because as you have said in your Tiger King viz, how does he have two husbands and I have zero? Exactly. <laughs> no, I, it's, I, I appreciate how you inject yourself and humor into your work. You know, it's like, it's very easy sometimes for stuff to become uh, like a, a, a third person voice and your work is very first person. Like it's very you speaking through it as opposed to creating this other work to speak for you. And I've always sort of appreciated the amount of personality and uh, flair you inject into it. You can, you can look at your stuff and tell that it's you because you're pouring yourself into it. And I always thought that was great. Um, so we're getting close to wrapping up now, but I've really enjoyed this. And I know we bored people with our talk of Green Lantern. Um, but is there anyone you'd like to shout out or anything you'd like to promote today? Mm, not anyone in person, but um, just for the community and those who are listening, I know everyone's really upset about uh, things being canceled. No conferences this year. So I would just give a shout out to everyone that watch out because better times are coming. And uh, yeah, pretty much that. Well, thank you. That's an awesome note. And uh, don't be a stranger. And let's do this again sometime soon. Yeah, I would be happy to. 
hey, you're still here. Um, you're probably waiting for like the next podcast uh, to kick in, probably something better. Um, thanks for hanging on. Anyway, if you're picking up what we're putting down, uh, consider buying us a cup of coffee on ko-fi.com slash D-A-T-A-P-L-U-S-L-O-V-E. Um, just, you know, drop $3 in our tip bucket. It helps us buy better equipment. It helps us uh, pay for razor blades to keep me from looking like a wolf man. And it keeps uh, Mark's head looking so shiny and beautiful. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll never put anything behind a paywall. And thanks for your patronage. Have a great day. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end. I really appreciate you listening to the Data Plus Love podcast. If you'd like to see more about what we're up to with the show, go to anchor.fm slash data plus love. Just spell it out, not a literal plus sign. Here you'll be able to see our library of episodes as well as interact with them either through polls or comments or leave a voicemail message that I'll put on an episode. You can interact with me personally by joining me on Twitter. I'm at Zach Bowders, not hard to hunt down. And if you like what you're hearing, consider leaving a tip for us or signing up for a small monthly donation at our ko-fi.com slash data plus love. Buying a cup of coffee for the show is just $3, and you can get more if you choose, or sign up to give that $3 or more monthly. Either way, I really appreciate it. Lastly, if you'd like to see more of my public data viz work, check me out on Tableau Public. So go to public.tableau.com and search for Zach Bowders. I'm the only one. You won't have trouble finding me. I promise. So thanks again for hanging on to the end of the show. I really appreciate all of your listens. And until next time, this has been Zach Bowders for the Data Plus Love Network. 